Production support comes from Smithville, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922 with residential and business internet, voice, and security services. Smithville, local pride, global technology. Information at smithville.net. And from IU School of Public Health Bloomington, addressing public health needs by preventing disease, promoting health, and improving quality of life across the state and around the world through research, teaching, and community engagement. Offering undergraduate and advanced degrees. publichealth.indiana.edu. Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times, along with today's co-host, Sarah Whitmire, the News Bureau Chief of WFIU and WTIU. And today we're going to talk about the Association of College Unions International, which is uh, embodied here in Bloomington by the massive Indiana Memorial Union which is across the street from where we are and all that goes on in there. So uh, the ACUI is the oldest higher education association in the country, and we'll be celebrating its 100th year, 100th anniversary in 2014. We have four guests in the studio to talk about that. Winston Schindel is with us. Winston is a past president of the ACUI, the um, Association of College Unions International. He's also a former executive director of the IMU and the IU Auditorium. Uh, Bruce Jacobs is with us. Bruce is the current executive director of the Indiana Memorial Union and the IU Auditorium. Also, Marsha Herman Betson, the executive director of the Association of College Unions International, and her office is in the IMU. Correct? No, it's no, it, it is. It, well, it should be. <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> no, it is uh, 120 West Seventh Street. All right. So in Bloomington. So it's right. close by. Yes. And also with us today, uh, Morgan Bell is here. She's a Davidson College class of 2013 and a 2013-14 fellow prospective higher education and student affairs graduate student. Um, well, she's an, intern. she's an intern uh, who is leaving after today yes. to go back to Davidson. So thank you all for being here. And if you want to join the conversation today, phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. You can also join the live chat. Sarah will be monitoring that, wfiu.org slash noon edition. So I wanted to start out. I guess, uh, Marcia, you would be the, the first person I'd want to answer this. But why is a student union important? Well, I think that uh, a student union or a college union, as we like to refer to it, because it really is the community center of the university or the college. It's where faculty, staff, alumni, guests, students of the campus can come together. Um, but for for students especially, it's that place where they can engage um, and and be part of the education outside the classroom. It's that laboratory where everything they do um, uh, in the classroom can then be played out mm-hmm. outside. And the, the history of this, uh, the 100th anniversary is coming up next year, and IU was one of the first seven universities, correct? Can mm-hmm. somebody, somebody want to address that? Uh, Bruce? Marcia probably knows the whole history, but there's some specific things about IU we can talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There, IU is one of seven schools. Um, and the first meeting was at Ohio State, and uh, the other uh, the other six schools. Actually, there were nine schools there. Two of them uh, were not part of the seven who became the founding members. Uh, West Virginia and Oberlin left. Mm-hmm. Didn't make the cut. They're sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, Case Western, uh, Illinois, Indiana, um, Michigan, Ohio State, uh, Purdue, and the University of Wisconsin were the seven schools. And it was seven students and a faculty member who met and decided – and, and uh, most of them, without a building, a program, an organization, um, decided that they would come together um, to form this organization. And what is so fascinating about these uh, seven individuals, and Bruce can tell you a little bit more about them, is they went on to do amazing things in later life after 
these seven students started this organization that has lasted for 100 years. Mm -hmm. Um, One went on to be the president of Case Western. Uh, One became a Supreme Court justice. Um, uh, And one uh, founded the YMCA. Mm-hmm. Um, so besides having the foresight to be this in these young men, because women, of course, were not allowed in the union at the time, um, these individuals uh, were remarkable. And mm-hmm. Bruce, you can tell well, them about the Indiana. The, the Indiana representative was uh, Sherman Minton. Uh, and I think everyone knows Sherman Minton because of the bridge. Mm-hmm. But uh, he, uh, the union is, um, uh, has as its uh, programming and governing body a, a group of individuals called the Union Board. Uh, and uh, uh, currently that board is selected and elected by the student, uh, students of Indiana University and, and as it was in one form, shape or form when, when Minton was on it. In 1913, 1914, he was the president of the board, and then in 15, he he was a board member as a director, which is another role that that students have. He represented us. Uh, He went on to become a United States senator from uh, Indiana, and uh, he was a one-term senator. Uh, he, uh, the person he was seated next to at the back of the Senate, because they were backbenchers, first first time in the Senate, was a fellow named Harry Truman. And uh, uh, Minton lost his reelection, uh, at which point uh, Roosevelt re- appointed him to become a federal judge. Uh, shortly after Truman was elected president, uh, he appointed uh, uh, Minton to the United States Supreme Court, associate justice of the Supreme Court, and served in the court through 1957 and was a key figure in the Brown versus Board of Education discussion and vote, which was a unanimous vote, by the way, uh, in, in, in passing that uh, uh, um, you know, that, that, that key um, a court decision. Uh, he went on, he retired in 57 and lived about another seven years and did a lot of uh, volunteer work for the university and for the state as a speaker and those types of things. So left quite an impression. Uh, mm-hmm. Interesting. For other board members with him, uh, Paul V. McNutt, who goes on to become the high commissioner of the Philippines and governor of Indiana, and uh, Wendell Wilkie, uh, who um, uh, goes on to run for president and then becomes Roosevelt's ambassador at large. So it was an interesting sort of group back in the early part of the 20th century. Right. And I think that what's really important about that is that every college and university throughout this country <clears throat> has these exact same stories <clears throat> to tell. It's it's not just an Indiana story. And, and you can hear those wonderful, wonderful stories of people who are involved talk about their experience in the college union as that transformational piece that where they were able to take everything they learned in the classroom and and really it being that that place that took them to where they never thought they could where they could go and they went on to do these remarkable <coughs> remarkable things well if you have any uh, stories about the uh, Indiana Memorial Union or the the college union where you went to school please give us a call uh, we'd like to hear from you. The numbers are 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. The live chat is at wfiu.org slash noon edition. Winston, can you talk about how ACUI started at IU? Why is it headquartered here out of all places? Well, actually, uh, it started uh, with the leadership being a volunteer position, and uh a lot of it uh, started, I guess, with Porter Butts uh, taking a leadership position, and Porter was director of the union at Wisconsin. Uh, the And Ed Whiting is another person that's very strong. He was from Cornell uh, University. And the first actual headquarters where someone was uh, hired to uh, uh, – take care of the business of the association, occurred at Stanford, uh, Chester Berry. When Chester retired, Dick Blackburn, who was director of the Indiana Memorial Union, uh, got that position, and part of that agreement was that they would move the headquarters from Stanford to uh, Bloomington. And there were several reasons for that. Number one was that it was more centrally located. And secondly, I think that uh, Dick didn't want to move to Stanford, which <laughs> might have been the more 
the, the greatest reason. And the truth be known, he had great seats at Indi- for Indiana yeah, basketball. basketball. He was a great basketball <laughs> he fan. He did not, did not want, want to give up, up the Indiana yeah. basketball seats. So It all comes back to that. <laughs> it all, it, it I really, guess it does. That's the reason. But uh, the office originally was in the Poplars and uh, then outgrew the space in the Poplars and then moved to its uh, current location. Uh, it's interesting, Bob, that you mentioned that the uh, office should have been in the Indiana Memorial Union. Mm-hmm. And uh, I must admit that I was part of that discussion. And uh, the decision was made that it would be better placed outside the Indiana Memorial Union because it does represent all unions across the country. Okay. And I felt like that that there probably would be, as far as other people, too much Indiana Memorial Union in the association. So that that was a primary reason for locating oh, it all right, outside Winston, the building. Winston, I can, I can agree with you on that. <laughs> no problem. All right. I, I want to ask uh, Morgan about the, um, you know, from a student perspective, about the importance of uh, a college union. And maybe you can talk a little bit about what you have at Davidson and how that compares to what you saw when you've been in Bloomington this summer. Right. Well, one of the things I love about Davidson's union, no offense, IU and IUPUI, is how open it is when you walk in um, and you're on the atrium level, you can look up and see the third floor. So in the middle, it's just a cutout section of open space. And so it just has a very nice home feeling to it. Um, one story, for example, my sorority, we don't have a official house on campus. And so in one of the study rooms in the union, we kind of made it our unofficial sorority house. We put a sign out, which probably wasn't legal at the time. Sorry, William. Um, but... It was just a place for us to gather, talk to each other, have meetings, um, do programming. My sophomore year, I was actually upset with myself because my work-study job was between the hours of 2 and 4, and that's when all my friends were in the union. Uh-huh. And so I'd be like, gosh, I really wish I could be in the union. That sounds really lame, but <laughs> gosh, I really wish I could be in the union right now with my friends. Um, but I had to work because that's important, too. But just a place where you feel comfortable. I'm from Arkansas, and that's really far from Davidson, so the union was always a place I could just go, relax, grab a late-night snack, and so Mm -hmm. election parties, all types of events at Davidson, that's probably one of my favorite, but just a lot as far as education, as far as social, so it really gave me a lot of those opportunities. Mm -hmm. And so what's your internship been like here? My internship here has been amazing. I've met so many wonderful people. I have a whole binder of business cards now. Specifically at ACUI, I'm working with um, the 100th year anniversary to plan a museum that's going to be there. Um, And I'm writing two articles for the Commons, which is kind of like a hub of information where people can write posts about almost anything. Um, I saw that on the website this morning, I think, when I looked at it. Right. Right. So be on the lookout for my post, hopefully tomorrow. Um, That's the plan. Going to write about this show? Well, yes, that's in there. It's actually in there, I promise. Um, And also, I've just been able to shadow a lot of professionals um, who've given me great advice about graduate school, about being a professional in the field. Um, I've learned learned a lot about the HESA program here, and so... It's been a really good experience for me. And he says higher education and student affairs. Right, right. Okay. right. Is that connected to the union? Is or do they very directly? Very directly. Uh, we we, uh, we um, the, the way the program works at Indiana is that you are admitted academically, but not fully admitted until you get an assistantship. And there are probably at the master's level ac- across all the different departments. There's about sixty assistantships that that are that are now. That's not just the union. That's the that's residence halls, athletics, academic departments. But you have to have an assistantship to uh, to matriculate fully matriculate into the higher ed program here. And then the idea is that there's this theory to practice that we want all students to uh, to fully understand. And another way we link is. Uh, Last semester, last spring, uh, Daniel DeSois, who heads up the master's program, and I taught a class in the, in the in the college union and looked at the 100-year history. And the final project was that the students in the class wrote a book about college unions and the 100-year history, and, and uh, it was recently published on IU Scholars' Work. So there's lots of links between uh, – the academic program and and the um, uh, the practices that go on day to day on campus. Yeah, I mean, if somebody watched Breaking Away, they would think it was a place where you know people would come in and 
eat, have a, have a bite, and then get into a brawl or something like that. <laughs> Throw a bowling ball <laughs> right, through a window. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but uh, you know, I'd say that obviously facetiously. But the uh, the union has so many aspects to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a gathering place, as you've all said, and as many people have. I'm sure realize no matter what age they are in in Bloomington. Um, you, you know, Bob. One of the things that uh, I think is extremely important is this whole idea of connection, connecting, and and you don't develop community without that. Mm. And uh, the union plays a very vital role in that. And uh, sometimes I know when I've been in the union. Uh, I like to take tours, and my tours are just following around and listening to what students say to their parents or their friends when they come in. And so when they come in and say, this is where we, or this is our, then you know you have made that connection. And that has a lasting impact as far as the university is concerned, because those are future people who will go out into their professions and come back in the form of uh, support, financial support. And I know Kurt Simic said, you know, one of the most important things you can do is to make that connection, have that connection already made, that feeling of ownership, because uh, once you've done that, then the rest is relatively simple. This type of community you're talking about, what, how do you see that playing out in terms of the relationship with student retention? Oh, it, it has a lot to do with student retention. I mean, when you think about it, if you think about um, – orientation, student orientation, where the union is always a part of that tour of retention. And I was thinking about um, when I was showing Morgan around, and we just stopped a family that was coming onto campus, and we asked if they would take our picture because we had just bought a B-Town T-shirt. And it was a family, and I said, well, we're, we're starting the, indoctr- the indoctrination. And they said, no, we're starting the indoctrination. <laughs> and they had a baby in a stroller, and they were two alums. And um, they, they were already preparing to get that young student, that baby, to go to IU. And again, I, because my job is college unions all over – and I'm not just saying this, this happens. My daughter, when we went to look at colleges all over, walked into the Michigan Union and said, this is it. I feel at home. And I remember Carol Gray um, on, right. on an alum for IU who said the exact same thing. She said, when I was looking at schools, I walked into the Indiana Memorial Union and I said, this is it. And again, when we look, when we look at folks, um, and that's why the money goes into college unions and rec centers, um, is because those those are not just artifacts where we see our history and and we put all of the symbols of our universities in them. They become those places that mean something where we someone asks us to marry or we have that dance or we we met someone there we saw a a, a wonderful speaker those become those moments that mean something for our college education mm-hmm. Joe Hayes says it was really great to meet you, Morgan. <laughs> hey, Joe. <laughs> someone has a question for you, Morgan, just wondering what you like most about Davidson's union and how the union has shaped your Davidson career. Um, let's see. Well, I kind of touched on a little about what I like about Davidson's union is that it's open, and so there's just a lot of space um, for programming for that side. I was on the leadership um committee for my sorority and so programming in an open space like that you have a lot of publicity just because it's so open um let's see what i like most that's so hard because i love everything (laughs) i think also the union board which is the programming committee they do a very good job of programming activities that can attract all different types of students um for example my friends and i always went to build a bear and you literally got a bear, got to stuff it, put a heart in it with love, different things like that. So events and programs on campus that I specifically will always remember, like, oh, look at this bear. I still have all the 
build a bear as I made. Look at this bear. I made this at the build a bear event. Paint your own pottery. I still have my pottery that I made. So just events like that that I feel like I'll always remember because, number one, I have a lot of the things, takeaways that I got mm-hmm. to keep. And just events where I was able to hang out with my friends um, Yeah, has been very beneficial for me. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to ask also, I, I know um, there are foods, particular foods that get connected with, like the IMU, I think the Special K Chewy is, you know, people know that that's a place to go get it. When I was in college years ago, there was a, you know, a sweet roll called the Tuffy's Roll at Miami University. Did you have any, are there any, like, I think the pancakes in the Uh student union, they're, like, bigger than my head, maybe. (laughs) I can't even begin to explain it. They take up a whole plate, um, literally a whole plate, the pancake, and so that's Breakfast, I feel like, is very – well, all the food in the union is good, but breakfast is one of the best, and especially mm-hmm. that big pancake after a hard test. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Our phone numbers, again, are 855-0811 in Bloomington, 877-285-9348 outside of the local calling area. You can also join a live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition. I think we'll take our, our break right now because we got a lot to cover in the second half, and uh, we'll hope to get some calls as well. You're listening to Noon Edition. We'll be right back. This is Noon Edition on WFIU. Production support comes from Smithville. Information at smithville.net. And IU School of Public Health Bloomington. Online at publichealth.indiana.edu. WFIU News covers South Central Indiana and the state each day. You can read news throughout the day as it's posted on our website at wfiu.org. And you can pick up a digest of all the top stories. It's like a newspaper delivered to your inbox each afternoon. It's a free and easy way to stay on top of not only the headlines, but also the in-depth audio, video, and print news stories you can't get anywhere else. Subscribe right now at WFIU.org news. Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Salzberg from the Herald Times along with co-host Sarah Whitmire, News Bureau Chief of WFIU and WTIU. We're talking about the Association of College Unions International, which will turn 100 years old in 2014. Uh, We have lots of great guests with us in the studio, Winston Schindel. Uh, ACAUI past president and former executive director of the Indiana Memorial Union and IU Auditorium, Bruce Jacobs, who is the current executive director of the IMU and the IU Auditorium, Marcia Herman Betson, executive director of the Association of College Unions International, and a student, Morgan Bell, who's a Davidson College student who's been here on a two-week internship and has a lot of good things to say about uh, student unions and their importance in her life. So if you want to call us, please do, 855-0811 in Bloomington or 877-285-9348 outside of the local calling area. You can also join a live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition. And Sarah said the chat room is full. So a couple questions here. How has the union evolved over the past 100 years? We'll make this a two-parter. And then the second part, and how do you see it evolving in the next 100 years? Let me start with you, Winston, on the end. <laughs> How has it evolved over the past 100 years? Well, uh, or at least in your memory. <laughs> in my, well, that's pretty close. <laughs> no. no, I didn't mean. Uh, you know, the the thing about it is the basic principles, the basic reason for the union has stayed the same. And that's building community. I mean, the mission is to be a community center to build community to develop students in leadership skills, and then depending on where the unions might be. I think you've seen unions. I'll use, uh, well, I'll use the Indiana Memorial Union as an example or the Oklahoma State University Union as an example. They have expanded beyond the idea of just being the community center, but also adding other services and centralizing services in one location to make it easier uh, uh, for the student. Every union, I think, is somewhat unique as far as the services that it might provide, but it also always goes back to those core 
beliefs or that core mission, uh, student development, community center. I think you'll find that everywhere. Now, as far as the future is concerned, Marsha might be someone better than I to say what's happening now and where we're going. Well, I again, I, I think Winston is right that the core values remain the same. I mean, you know, unconditional human worth, um, joy and learning and a caring community and um, innovation and diversity. But um, how we accomplish that, how our programming has changed, how, how social media, how it's expanded that community. It doesn't replace it, but it has expanded. How diversity has increased. You know, when we think about 1914, you know, women not being allowed in the college union and men's unions versus That's women right. and, and the diversity. And I think as we, as we continue down this road, the, the food we serve, the art we hang on the wall, so it makes it a place that all people want to come into. Uh, prayer rooms in some unions, uh, uh, places where uh, certain cultures can wash their feet before they go into a prayer room or face east, a place where all people are welcomed uh, of the college community. And because that college community is changing and more diverse people are coming into that community, the programming is changing. And so as it becomes that community center, the union uh, is mission is expanding. You know, Marcia, one of the things I think you should mention is that ACUI was the first, I believe, educational association as far as uh, gay rights were concerned in taking that position. And that was taken probably two or three years before any of the other educational uh, associations followed suit. And again, that's a reflection of being on the edge, working with students, knowing what the issues are, and being sure that we continue to uh, emphasize community. Mm-hmm. And and that's true. We have the first African-American president of the association. And when you think of it, we're not the largest, we're the oldest. And so, as Winston said, those core values have always been important for the association. And they're reflected throughout um throughout the country, in college unions everywhere. To look specifically at the IMU, we're finishing up our our next five-year strategic plan, and the guider for us has been how do we evolve to stay the same? And, and, you know, things are different. Things are dramatically different. A a very uh, specific example. In uh, 1914, same year the association was found, Indiana University Union Board, our our programming and governing body, showed the first uh, commercial film on a college campus. And and, uh, uh, we have shown a film, the board has shown a film every year since then. So they are about to also, our, our programming committee for the films is about to have their 100th anniversary. Well, if you look at what that looked like 100 years ago and, and all what we need to do to project the film today, just in terms, in terms of the technical things, how do we make sure that we're, we're, we're bringing to the students all the things that Marsha and Morgan and Winston have talked about, this idea of a community? How do you come to, I mean, we can't show celluloid 16-millimeter film. It, it would not have any impact import to today's students. So we're looking at digital projection, digital sound, all those things so that so that it, it, it continues to be meaningful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the key to, for the IMU and for most of these unions is we have this student group uh, that, that's, that, that, is a, that is our governing body. And, and Winston and I have talked about the special things that happen. Uh, with 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 again specifically with the IMU Union Board, but it, it happens with all these unions where, where these students have these transformational experiences, uh, making decisions and and um, uh, you know deciding on how to to to, to uh, provide programs and services for their fellow students. Where else do students have budgets of seven hundred thousand dollars that they're responsible for? Yeah. You know they take. They take accounting classes and all kinds of other classes, but they are truly <laughs> responsible for seven hundred thousand dollar programming budget, mm-hmm. where they have to they have to actually 
you know, work with that budget and make it work at the end and decide what kind of programming based on data. And Bruce, you don't you don't really get a lot of input into like what uh, what bands they want to bring and things I, like I'm that. I'm one vote, and 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 I and I've joked many times. If I think it's a good band, it probably should not come. Yeah, you know, right. I mean, and, and it, so it it really is this. Uh, the other thing, the way I've described it, is the union board is, is one of the last bastions of pure democracy in the country. I mean, you, you bring a proposal, it goes to committee. The committee either votes it up or down, and it goes to the full board, and it gets voted up or down, and it's all those. things things that we're talking about. And sometimes the Board of Regents doesn't understand that. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. or, or various alum. You know, why did you bring this speaker in? Well, the students wanted yeah. it. I believe Jane Fonda was one of the well, things. And, and, uh, <laughs> or hair when they had the nude scene. Right. Didn't you uh, yes, have a, quite I, a to-do about that, I lost that, that vote, too. <laughs> <laughs> Marsha, I want to get back to this idea of openness and how these unions help promote that. So I'm wondering how the ACUI gets involved in making maybe even national recommendations when you have a, some, a restaurant like Chick-fil-A, which wasn't in support of same-sex marriage, and then Chick-fil-A wants to have restaurants and unions. How does ACUI get involved in saying, we're going to take a stance and here's what it is, or do you not do that? Well, so we get... We get those kinds of calls all the time. So Chick-fil-A or the American Nazi Party or Farrakhan speaking on a campus or immigration issues in Arizona or recently our 100th anniversary conference is in Orlando, Florida, and they wanted us to pull out because of the decision on Trayvon Martin case or the defeat of the ERA amendment or on and on. And there's always those kinds of issues. And what our stance has been and what we talk about is never going underground. And there will always be those cases. And we use those as opportunities for open debate. And that is what a college union is. We, we never, ever want, um, we will fight for the right of all those um, individuals to have the right to be in a college union, to speak, to have that platform. But we also want that right to debate and to discuss and to differ and to question um, because we think that's what a college union is, that safe, pl- that safe place. When, when people think of a college union, it is not just about the conveniences, the food service, the fun that you have in a college union. That's a, an important part of it. But what is really important, we began from debating societies, and it is that safe place, that where the Oxford and Cambridge debate can take place, where people can come with differing opinions. So what we say is... Um, there will uh, we would not want just as we would not want the opposite view to be forbidden to be taking place in a college union. When, when the Chick Fil A issue came up, we we talked to the union board, uh, and uh, what they decided to do was to have a forum. Uh, we had it in the Frangipani room. Some, somewhere around about 120, 130 students showed up. They organized them at uh, uh, small round tables, so they were in, in discussion groups of about eight, and came up with this plan to just continue this discussion and to, to, uh, to, to continue to try to find a way for each side to understand each other. And, and uh, uh, so that continues to evolve. Okay. All right, our phone numbers eight five five zero eight one one in Bloomington eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight. If you're outside of the Bloomington area, and you can also join the live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition. I wanted to uh, to go back to something we were talking about actually at the break, and that is the the college union as a um, sort of a place for. When there's a crisis where mm-hmm. people will gather, um, or and also just as a place where people can can demonstrate, mm-hmm. because I mean the union uh, at IU, I mean it's right next to Dun Meadow. I don't know if you consider Dun Meadow part of the mm-hmm. union college union structure, but that's where that's the traditional place for protests and demonstrations at Indiana University. So, um, you know, how important as a is a place like that where people can actually come gather at times of high stress or mm-hmm. You know, high dudgeon. Well, 
So uh, a line that I use it sometimes gets a chuckle is when those kinds of crises happen, you usually don't gather at the chemistry building. Um, the place that people gather is usually at the campus center of the college union in 9-11 or the Challenger or the Oklahoma City bombing. And I actually walked through the Indiana Memorial Union and saw people gathered around the televisions when the Oklahoma City bombing happened. Hmm. And uh, and that's also where people find the comfort. It's a comfort and, thing. Yes, and, it's and the home thing, the living is. room. It's that living room where where students aren't in their living room, um, and this is also where you will find people and, and counselors. People just want to be together in those times of crisis, and in demonstrations. I remember during the Vietnam War on the University of New Mexico campus, uh, when the right after even Kent State, that's where um, the the demonstrations uh, took place. And I'm sure Winston and Bruce can talk about, you know, that's that central gathering place. And that's where, as staff members, I was a student, those old guys can talk about it. Um, they were staff members, but, you know, as a student, and I'm sure as a staff member, they were working to make sure that those demonstrations were... They, you had to have a place that was safe to discuss and to debate. And this gets back to the whole idea of not politicizing. You have got to have the open forum, and you have got to be able to protect that, where both sides can be heard and feel comfortable mm -hmm. in expressing their Absolutely. views, whatever the issue is. Morgan, do you have that experience at your union at Davidson? Is that a place where – have there been events during your college career where there were – and I can't, remember, I can't remember the last four years, but um, there were that meaningful where – People just gathered. Right. We've had, I think, almost every town hall, which is kind of um, a discussion on maybe a sensitive issue, has been in the union um, from issues to party themes that um, weren't just party themes that I guess could offend some minority groups. There were discussions about that in the union. And not even just national crises, but at Davidson, some time ago before um, I got to Davidson, there was a bad storm, and um, it was a bad snowstorm, and the power was out for the whole community. And what ended up happening is a lot of the community members went inside the union, where the union served food. It was a place for people to stay, and the union was packed with all of these people, not just students, but members of the community, too. So it's also that great gathering place for community members who might not even have a tie to the college, but that union is their tie-in. Mm -hmm. I want to ask, mostly for Winston, Bruce, and Marcia here, about working with millennials. It's a popular point of discussion in our newsroom, but I'm just wondering, working with all these young people, you know, Bruce, you alluded to it a bit, but how, is, how does that relationship work? Uh, it couldn't – it's the reason I come to work every day. I mean, it's it, it, it just central – I think all of us do this because of the students. And and uh, uh, when I first started doing this, the, the um, vice president I was working for said, you know, the, the students really aren't going to change dramatically, but the issues will. And and I think that's held for the 40 years of my career. Uh, I mean, the, the students that I get to work with, specifically let's focus on the board, are, are extremely dedicated and committed. I mean, they, they have to put in by, by agreement a minimum of 10 hours a week. It probably comes close to 20 uh, and 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 they they they're, they're doing this as volunteers, and and uh, you know they're energetic, uh, they 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 they're creative, uh, and and they really are individuals um, who are always thinking about someone other than themselves, and and um, you know it it's just an um, you know I had one student stop by yesterday morning. He'd been away all summer, and the first thing he did is he came in. He came looking for all of us. Which is one he's been in India. Uh, he's one of our music chairs, and 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 uh, you know Nate wanted to just check in and let us know how he was doing, and and uh, he he quickly got roped into giving a presentation to some other fellow students because you know we we're doing this program and uh, we want we had some students, but the more the merrier. And Nate's like, oh, I'm real nervous doing this, and I said you'll be fine, and he did a great job, you know. And I think he was nervous because he hadn't been thinking about it because four hours before he'd just gotten off a plane from, <laughs> you know. But but he he you know it. 
these students are uh, it, it's just this incredible experience and I had one, I was one of the people who got to meet with Morgan last week and we had a one hour meeting that ran close to two and and you know um, I'll tell the real story about Morgan like as a millennial oh, God. Yeah. so, so I, 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 that's probably a longer answer than you wanted Sarah but it it, it, it uh, you know it, it's just this incredible experience and, and yeah it, helped keep, it helps to keep us young, too, right? Well, and I think that it's only fair that you have to ask uh, Morgan what it's like to work with a boomer. Because if we're <laughs> going to talk about generalizations, you know, there, there, are, there are both. But um, All, right. I, All right, Morgan, what do you say about that? <laughs> True story. Go ahead. True story. It's been fun. Marsha's 20 at heart. Um, <laughs> we watch movies together in our pajamas. We watch 60 Minutes. So... We found a common ground in unions and our love for higher education. So, And, you know, generalizations are just that, generalizations. And what I told her is I have – I'm very close to retirement, and I have great, great faith that the college unions are going to be just fine for the next 100 years with the millennials and all the folks. I mean, college union people are just really – great people. They always have been, and I have great faith they will be. Mm-hmm. All right. We have a call-in question from Sarah, uh, different Sarah. How is the student union funded? Lots and lots of different there, there, ways. There, there are yeah. probably as many funding uh, uh-huh. models as there are unions. I mean, I can talk about, you know, yeah, just the, the I Indiana knew. Memorial Union mm-hmm. is an auxiliary on this campus. And that, that what that basically means is we have to generate the uh, income to cover our expenses. And, uh, uh, and we, we do that primarily through the hotel, uh, through food service, and uh, through fees from parking. Uh, that, that's that's our main source of funding to to operate the Indiana Memorial Union, and uh, we we get a, a, a some student fees out of out of the student fee, and that's a, a, a every two years that 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 fee is reviewed, and we get some money from that also. Uh, but uh, what m- might be different on another campus is that they would have a larger student fee, uh, and and uh, not, not act you know and 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 be built into the campus budget. So it, it's as varied as the. Uh, as unions are. You know, I think it's interesting from the fact that today there are, as as difficult as it is to get fees increased, there are a lot of unions that are being renovated, expanded, and new unions being built where the students themselves have voted that fee. And that tells you something about what that union means to those students. Mm-hmm. And my favorite line is by a gentleman, may rest in peace, Bill Ryan from the University mm-hmm. of Florida. And his line was, the reason we sell hot dogs is to hang art. It just mm-hmm. shows you what supports what. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, that that makes me think about, about the art that's in the Indiana Memorial Union. I, I don't believe that the general public probably is aware of of the fine art that's on the walls at the Union. Bruce, could you talk a little bit about that? Well, I can, and so can Winston, and I would defer to Winston because the reason it's there and the reason it's it's in the condition it's in is because of what Winston did when he was director. You know, that was one of the things that really shocked me when I made my first visit to the IMU was the art that was all over the place, just hanging on the walls, and the fact that it hadn't been defaced or stolen and... uh, I would say that the within the first two years, I hope it wasn't because I came, uh, someone did come through with acid and throw acid and deface some of the paintings. So what we learned from that was, or what we did to address that, is that we started uh, an endowment to not only restore the art, but to secure it. And uh, that endowment is in place today. And uh, of all the, it's interesting, of all the times that paintings that have been stolen or what has been stolen, uh, there were some duck prints that were up on the third floor that uh, uh, someone took. But, uh, you know, a good college union or a great college union, I think, reflects the values of the institution of which it's a part. And when you go into that union, you should get a feel for the institution. And I think that's why a lot of people go to the union and uh, uh, you either have a positive impression or maybe a so-so impression. One of the great challenges yet, one of the great excitements of being in this profession is that when you consider that you're serving the uh, students, the faculty, 
the alumni, the guests of the university, and not all of those constituents will always agree on what is the most important. So there's a very balanced that line that you have to walk. And sometimes when you're, the budget uh, comes into play, uh, you don't. You, some groups don't always get what they have to have, but you ought, uh, what they want. Or, uh, but you've got to be able to explain and I think be very open about. In which we have tried to be, I know, mm-hmm. here and 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 I think most unions mm-hmm. are. Can you uh, sort of explain the sort of the the depth of the, or the the amount of art that's on display at the union? Because I think you know people will walk through. They might see one or two paintings yeah. that they remember, but the total numbers about that we have is twelve about twelve hundred. I think that's about right. And and, and we've been told uh, that we have the largest collection of art outside of a museum of any building in the United States. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, in Winston, you know, the, the fund is uh, um, was very well supported by our own. Alumni. And, I mean, and, and I should, probably should add, I mean, a, a portion of our funding comes from that fundraising. And that's how the, the, the art is, is, is maintained and, and kept in mint condition. Mm-hmm. We have a comment in our chat just wondering how the ACUI has withstood the test of time and how they're adapting to continue to meet the needs of their Great members. Yeah. Well, um, I think that you have to constantly reinvent yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, if you uh, don't, um, you become, you know, like associations that go by the wayside. And my favorite example is the uh, March of Dimes. You know, that was for the eradication of polio. Today, the March of Dimes is for birth defects. Mm-hmm. So you have to constantly change with the times. And the association went through a massive reorganization. And we um, right now are continuing continuing to reorganize. We just went from 15 regions to eight regions. Um, We became knowledge-based. We became uh, uh, where we made our board of trustees um, a uh, a strategic board. We just, you have to constantly look at what you're doing and continually reinvent yourself to the time that you're in. And if you stay static and you don't change, um, you won't remain vital. Um, and so. Can I you say just a little more about becoming knowledge based? Yeah, we were constituency-based. Our board was constituency-based. And when you're constituency-based, you're constantly answering to every constituency, and you can't make decisions Mm. based on what is best for the organization. And when you're constituency-based, you're always taking a vote on the constituency, and you're always a day late and a dollar short. And when you are a knowledge-based, it really means that you're doing the very best for the organization based on good information Mm -hmm. and knowledge, not based on whatever that constituency is. And let me tell you, that was quite an experience moving from a constituency or a volunteer-based organization to one that's more staff-driven and knowledge-based. We report to a volunteer board, but the truth of the matter is volunteers had lots of other things they have to do. Mm -hmm. So we will always report to a a volunteer board because... And they are the content experts, but we now have grown the staff to support that volunteer organization. Okay, if you'd all put your headphones on, we've got a call, and it's uh, Jake. Jake's on the IU campus. Go ahead, Jake. Hi, everybody. Hi. Um, Yeah, so I was just wondering um, how you guys see the role of the college union changing as there are more and more online classes being taught and more and more um, non-traditional age students and more commuter students. Hmm. Okay, Jake. Thanks. Uh, we've got about three minutes to go, so somebody okay. want to take one of you want to take a quick question. So I think that um, it becomes even more and more important for that human interaction. So um, yeah, I think that online courses are going to be more important than um, they're going to increase, but that becomes even more important to be able to be with other folks in other ways. And so I see the college union finding those opportunities um, for folks 
that are in online courses to Absolutely. come back and have those opportunities in the college union. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Would, would Thanks. Agree. Thanks, Jake. We're going to move along to some online questions. I'm afraid we're not going to have time to get to all these, but just a comment I want to share a bit of. Um, someone wrote in to say, for me, all student unions have a kind of magic. I don't know how else to explain it, but I know other people feel it too. As a student at IU, I saw authors, politicians, philosophers speak at the union, lectures I'll remember forever. I can remember one January I sat in total silence before the fire in the reading room, leafing through my books for the next semester, too excited to wait. I met friends in the union. I collaborated, even learned languages. I'm wondering just quickly about all of all. We of need those. to get the name of that person. And, and <laughs> oh, it, it goes on. There's, a, there's actually a, a lot cool. in here. People sharing similar experiences. Do you go to that pool when you try to recruit people for the board? <laughs> well, the, the, How does that the, work? The, the recruitment is, is it's any student. Any student is a member of the Indiana Memorial Union Board, and any student can run. And we, that, that's, that's known. There's probably currently about 300 students on the board in, in, vol, in different volunteers. There, there's 16 students in the leadership roles, but there's in, in all the committees, there's 13 committees. There's somewhere in the neighborhood of between 250 and 300. And yes, I mean, I had a student who's here for a summer start program stop me at a banquet last night, and he just, I mean, he could have written that. And um, so he has my card and how we're going to get in touch, and I'm going to track him down. Yes. Before, very, very quickly. I just wanted to say uh, PBS d- is doing mm. a, a program on us, a Visionaries, on the 100th anniversary. We went to four campuses, and, and we have these wonderful testimonials exactly like that yeah. mm-hmm. from the just students and faculty and staff on campus of what the union meant. It'll be on in November. Anything special being planned here for the 100th anniversary? 30 seconds. Uh, we are participating with the other schools in part of what uh, ACUI is doing. We could talk about the painting. I think that's yeah, probably the, the founding schools have commissioned a painting. Mm-hmm. It'll be presented April 6th through 10th at the annual conference in Orlando, Florida, which will kick off the year of events for um, uh, the 100th anniversary. Okay, and we are out of time. We could have talked for a long time about this topic. Uh, Marsha Herman Betson was here with us, Bruce Jacobs, Winston Schindel, and Morgan Bell. Thank you all for being here. Uh, for Sarah Whitmire and for our producers, Gretchen Frazee um, and Emily Wright, and also Mike Pashkash, our engineer. I'm Bob Salzberg. Thanks for listening. Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org. Production support comes from Smithville, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922 with residential and business internet, voice, and security services. Smithville, local pride, global technology. Information at smithville.net and from IU School of Public Health Bloomington, addressing public health needs by preventing disease, promoting health, and improving quality of life across the state and around the world through research, teaching, and community engagement, offering undergraduate and advanced degrees, publichealth.indiana.edu.